Welcome to Politics in the Pulpit, brought to you by the Joint Public Issues Team. During Advent, we are departing from our usual format, but don't worry, we'll be back in the new year with a new host and regular weekly guests exploring political issues in each week's lecturing readings. Many thanks to David Main for the wonderful job he has done presenting this podcast, and we look forward to all that Raj Pata will bring to the role in the new season. I'm Dave Hardman, the Methodist team leader at JPIT, and for the next four weeks, I will be sharing a reflection on the Advent Gospel readings and one of JPIT's hopes for society. This year, we've produced an Advent candle lighting liturgy, focusing each week on one of those hopes. If you'd like more information, then head over to our website and search for Advent. Welcome to Advent and the season of hope. There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. This week's lectionary gospel passage is littered with strong images and on the surface is not the most hopeful of passages to begin Advent. As we prepare to preach this week, it is perhaps tempting to look elsewhere in the lectionary and find easier words as we begin our Advent reflections. Let us, at least for now, resist that urge and spend some time with the Gospel set for this first Sunday in Advent. Luke chapter 21 verses 25 to 36 There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. In our modern lives, Advent is often passed over completely, in secular society, Christmas begins earlier and earlier, and in our churches, our traditional Advent worship is often taken over by toy services, nativities, christingles and carols. Advent becomes the preparation for our Christmas celebrations. However, in this Gospel passage, we are being directed to think about the end times. Our view of time is linear. All that has gone is past and all that is to come is future and the standpoint that we see them from is the present. To be directed to think eschatologically during Advent offends our linear view of time. How can we prepare to remember the birth of Christ 
if we are directed to think post-death and resurrection to his return and the summation of all time, sometime in our future. As Jesus utters these words recorded in the Gospel, he is speaking in an in-between time, shortly before his death and long before the parousia. The truth is that we are living in this in-between time too, in a post-resurrection time, yet before the second coming. What is more, we've become used to it. The church has lived for millennia without experiencing the return of Christ. The comfort of believing we live in an in-between time appears to make us immune to apocalyptic warnings, whether it be passages in the Bible or the warnings of climate change. We hear them, but seem reluctant to change. Yet as difficult and violent as these images seem to be, they are not without hope. As Jesus says, So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. In the signs in the stars, in the distress among the nations, God is with us. The assurance of this passage is that the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, is not a one-off event, but an affirmation that God is and remains close to creation through end times, in between times and all time. The Joint Public Issues team has six hopes for society that drive the work we do. One of these hopes is the hope for a world where our environment is renewed. Our Advent resources each week cite Isaiah 40 verse 9. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem, bearer of good news. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Something of this verse is picked up in verse 28 of the Luke reading. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The Old Testament prophets stood up lifted their heads and saw the possibility of redemption even in troubled times. And they lifted up their voices mightily. Each generation of God's people since the life of Jesus has included people who have had that mountaintop experience. People who have caught a glimpse of what might be. The promise of good news and redemption. These people have come to believe in a better future. They have lifted up their voices mightily and proclaimed a vision of that redemption in terms of the transformation of the world we live in. This is surely the calling of the church in our generation, to be prophets alongside others who have a glimpse of what might be. To be able to vocalise that vision of a world that will not be destroyed, but is being given the chance to be renewed, a vision of redemption for creation drawing near. The great thing about hope is that it gives us a destination. Hope as a word has developed into an insipid vague dream. Often the word is used to describe something we want to happen but feel that we have little or no control over. Theologically, hope is far from this current understanding. Our hope in God is our destination. Our destination gives us our direction of travel with and to God. Hope guides our footsteps and directs our actions. The Old Testament accounts of prophets are not just stories about great orators, 
but of prophetic actions too. Prophets bought fields, married, divided waters, chopped up animals, threw salt into rivers, among other things. As we raise our heads and see the possibility of redemption for our planet, this hope that we see leads us to action. Climate justice, the renewing of the planet, demands action. It demands a change in our lifestyles as well as demanding we raise a challenge to corporations and governments. A challenge that confronts the prevailing economics of our world, that puts growth above sustainability. Our prophetic action as churches and individuals must be to change our habits and in the same breath challenge others to change their ways too. Jesus is speaking in this passage shortly before his own death on the cross. The cross is a symbol of sacrifice, but it is also the promise of redemption. As difficult as it is, our prophetic voice must be accompanied by prophetic action for the climate. This action will mean sacrifice for us, yet we do so believing in the redemption for God's creation that our sacrifice will bring. This passage, despite its difficult imagery, gives us a chance to preach hope, real God-given hope, not wishful thinking, because climate hope is based on taking up our cross in self-denial and the resulting promise of resurrection and redemption for our world. As the prophets acted so that others might hear God, so we are called to act. As the prophets spoke God's will to those in power and those who refused to listen, so our calling is to speak out. Renewing the planet may not seem like a traditional Advent theme. Yet if God so loved the world that Jesus Christ was sent here, as we prepare to celebrate the Incarnation, we too must so love the world. The challenge of this passage and of this age is are we willing to carry our cross in action and words for all that God has made and given to us? Thanks for joining us for this Politics in the Pulpit podcast brought to you by the Joint Public Issues team. Thanks also to Cathy Bird for reading the Gospel. And join us next week when we reflect on John the Baptist and a world that actively seeks peace.